Is talent envy sucking the joy out of your work? And then why your LinkedIn feed lies to you about the job market? I'll explain all of that and we do some coaching. Let's go. Do you ever feel like the work you were born with the talent for isn't cool? You know what I'm talking about? you just kind of like, eh, I see what this person does. That's cool. I see what that person does. But what I do, this talent I have, it's kind of boring. Or maybe you wish you had someone else's talents and gifts instead of your own. You might have had a case of talent envy. Come on. Now, the answer is everybody watching, everybody listening has fallen into that situation, that, that mindset at some point. There's just no question about it. The problem is I think a lot of people would trade the incredibly valuable strengths, talents, and gifts that they were born with, they were designed with, for abilities that they think are more exciting or cool. So begs the question, what's cool? in this day and age, in 2024. The smarts to be a sought-after doctor, a lawyer, maybe a tech mogul, the musical talent to be a Billboard Hot 100 hit maker, the charisma to be an A-list actor, or the ingenuity to be an entrepreneur or online influencer. So doctors, lawyers, actors, musicians, and, and creators, well, they do cool stuff. They're cool. In other words, they're respected. They're significant. But the reality is that almost any job can be significant. Fixing an HVAC system in the mid of winter or in the dog days of summer, I can promise you is significant. Ordering supplies for the functionality of a business to be able to serve its customers is significant. Serving a leader, managing their schedule and the details as an assistant is significant. So if you're feeling disappointed, unsatisfied, or insecure about the talents, the power tools that God gave you, you need to ask yourself why. Now, for most of us, the answer is we want status. We want a lot of money. And some of us want power more than we want the effects of meaningful work, a sense of significance. But prioritizing status, money, and power in your life is ultimately going to leave you with regret. The regret of chasing the wrong things, thinking that accomplishing status, uh, a certain amount of wealth, uh, or a certain amount of power is going to meet that soul-based need of making your mark, making the difference that you were created to make. And then don't forget this, that you long to make. 
if the difference you were created to make is not made, then the longing is never met. And you can't be created and designed for something and not have equal longing. The longing comes from your design. You know, I mean, if a hammer had a personality and a soul, do you know what the hammer would long to do? Hit a nail. Listen, if a lawnmower had a soul and a mind, what would the lawnmower long to do? Cut grass. Design leads to desire. And when that healthy, pure desire, longing to make that designed contribution is not met, then we begin to chase those other three elements, those other three outcomes. Status, look how many likes I got, look how many followers I have. I'm a big deal. Are you? Are you a big deal? Or are you a discount deal? In other words, you're just a bunch of followers, but your impact is limited. I know people who are wildly influential who have less than 50,000 followers on Instagram. Hmm. Doesn't add up, does it? Sure does. So what happens is when the longing is not met, we chase status, we chase money. Well, if I'm making this much money, I need to make as much money as this person does because if I do that, then I will feel significant. No, 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 no. So what's the solution? Status, money, and power are not the most accurate metrics of success. Are they metrics? Yes. But left to their own category, they aren't enough. Life might be full of people who turn down their nose at you because they think you should have more cloud or more resources, and maybe you're one of those people thinking that about yourself and others. But just because others may look down at you and judge you on those three metrics doesn't mean you should. Don't look down at yourself. Focus on the meaningful contribution that you long to make and that you are making. That is the first step of solving this unhealthy focus and having this talent envy. Number two, every human, every human, every human, every human, you are a linchpin. Somebody out there needs you. In other words, if we pulled you out of the situation, something would not be done that only you can do. This is not some romantic notion. This is a fact. Your talent has the power to help someone, change someone, impact someone. And I can tell you from personal experience that once you see and feel how your talents and gifts can positively impact the lives of others, many times changing their trajectory, using those talents will become its own reward. Now, the money and the power and the status simply is gravy on top. And the way I look at it, it's just evidence. It's not the result. It's evidence, but it's not the result that I'm chasing. But because you're human, there are going to be days that you doubt that what you're doing is significant is make a difference you're gonna look around you begin to feel insecure uncool 
and then you get disappointed and maybe even depressed about where you are. So how do you handle those days? And let me tell you what I do when I walk in those days, and I do walk in those days. Uh, you may think it's a cheesy idea, but this is about a mindset of overcoming talent and via, overcoming whatever, and getting yourself pulled out of the rut. Here it is. I want you to put together a movie trailer in your mind with your imagination about your life, your working life, and what you've done. So think about a movie trailer, right? So my wife and I went to see Boys in the Boat over the break, and we're sitting there, and we were watching, I don't know, good grief, six trailers? And what are they? The, the, the movie producers are stringing together the highlights of the film to give you an overview of how uh, overview of how awesome the movie actually is. They want you to buy a ticket for that movie. And that's what you need to do on the days that you're down. I want you to remember things like the last time you got a great compliment from a customer or your leader or a, a co-worker. You can even review your job description and realize, yeah, I actually do this and I do this well on a daily basis. Think about what would happen if you didn't do a good job. Get yourself into that highlight reel and remind yourself that you are making a difference. Don't let the siren of status, power, or money distract you or woo you away from making the contribution that you were born to make. The world needs what you have. And I promise, if you find your niche, your place to make your mark and you make it to the best of your ability you'll make enough money and it will never be about status it will be about the significance of seeing feeling and hearing the contribution that only you can make you'll live a very good life this is the ken coleman show This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Don't we all need help being better? And they're great at it. You know, we all carry around a lot of stress from our family life and our professional life, and it can just hit us at the same time. Big stuff, small stuff. And we can talk to our friends, or maybe you have a great relationship with a leader at work or a coworker, but you may not feel comfortable telling them everything. I know I wouldn't. And when we keep things bottled up, it will eventually leak out, and it's really negative. But therapy, it's a safe space to get everything off your chest with an unbiased professional and figure out how to work through the stuff that's weighing you down. So if you've thought of therapy before, you're thinking about it now, please try BetterHelp. Therapy isn't just for people who've gone through trauma. It's great to build skills, to become better personally and professionally. And BetterHelp is flexible enough to fit your busy schedule because it's completely online. All you do is fill out a short questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get stuff off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ken today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ken. Hey! Hey, if you're enjoying the show, if it's helping you in any way, would you help me get the word out? You are the ultimate marketing strategy. You can do that by... Uh, liking the videos on YouTube, subscribing to our channel, sharing as well. And then if you listen via podcast, give us a five-star review, a follow, and a share as well. Okay, so I want to take on um, my version of, 
of misinformation or disinformation. I can't. What is it? Be, I forget if people are calling it misinformation or I think it's disinformation has become a very political term, right? And uh, this is. I'm not getting political, so everybody relax. But in our supercharged political environment where everybody's an expert because they can get on a social media platform and hide behind their keyboard, everybody's offended, everybody's angry. And so this term, disinformation, came out during, I think, the last presidential cycle. And, you know, both sides of the aisle are using it, and these people made this up, and this social media platform allowed it, and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Well, because we live in a ubiquitous media environment where there's always news on social media, it doesn't matter what the platform is, uh, there's 24-hour news networks, I mean, we, we have overload of media information, right? So disinformation happens really easily because we consider a trending video on TikTok to be as legitimate of a news source as CNN, okay? So I'm going to cover something because I, I think there are a lot of you that may be really discouraged, maybe you're scared about the job market uh, because this is your livelihood. So we're talking about your ability to provide for yourself and your family. And and I think there's just constant fear-mongering and disinformation being put out there. So this is a pretty interesting Business Insider article that I'm, that I'm going to uh, source from. The headline is why your LinkedIn feed says the job market is terrible when it's good. And I could say, I could change the headline to, why your TikTok feed says the job market is terrible even when it's good. I could say why your Instagram feed says the job market is terrible when it's good. And I could say why your Twitter feed, I'm never going to call it X, so don't correct me. I know exactly what I'm saying. Uh, why your Facebook feed. So we could go on and on and on. Okay. And the answer is simply disinformation. Okay. Because... Where we sit today and where we have been the last three years is a very, I say very with all caps, strong labor market. Uh, I just got uh, a call this morning. Neil Cavuto from Fox News wants me to join him Friday to talk about the job market. And I'm going to, as I always do when I go on these media outlets, I'm going to quote real data. And if you've been listening to this show consistently for a while, this is a drumbeat that I continually hit. I'm going to tell you the truth. You get to decide what you do with it. I'm not out here to fearmonger. So bottom line is, uh, if you've been on LinkedIn, TikTok, Facebook, X, you name it, uh, there's been a lot of posts about how hard it is to find a job. And it's not necessarily a recent development. This has been pretty consistent over the last couple of years when we've been in the historically low unemployment um, status that our country has been in for three plus years. So you'll see things like, I've never been unemployed like I've been unemployed this year. I can't get a job. I'm out competing against thousands of people. And it's just all this complaining and hand-wringing and pearl-clutching. But what are the real numbers? And then what do we do with this disinformation? Because 
if the market job market is as strong as I'm about to say and show, then how is it that we've got all this conversation and disinformation from real people who are having a hard time get a job? I'll explain in a minute. Let's look at the data. The economy added more jobs than expected in November of 2023, and the unemployment rate came in below expectations at 3.7%. This is a 22-month run of unemployment being below 4%, folks. <laughs> we'll tie this together. But the data says this is a historically low unemployment rate that has sustained itself for 20 two months i think we round out two years pretty easily if i jump ahead a few months i think when we see december and january numbers and we we put it all together i think it's going to be very interesting uh wages are slightly up job openings have slowed down yes but still came in at 8.7 million jobs And so there are three job openings per one unemployed person as of the end of October. Now, why does it feel so bad? Well, in October of 2022, there were 230,000 jobs open in the information sector. A lot of these were tech jobs. In October 2023, if you fast forward and look at year over year, there were just 172,000 jobs open in the IT sector. And that's where you're starting to see people go, oh, well, it's harder, it's more competitive, because obviously when you have uh, a sizable difference in the amount of jobs open and everybody's competing for these jobs, the competition is tougher. And there's your clue. There's your clue. Competition's tougher. We are now living in the age of artificial intelligence as it relates to job screening. More on that in just a moment. So, there are also, and this irritates me, and this is on companies, but there, there is a trend now of what they're calling ghost jobs, where companies are still posting things, keeping jobs posted that they are not even remotely interested in filling. So, this is another factor, okay, as to why, I'm telling you why, and how do you sift through the disinformation on social media that makes you go, oh gosh, I'm not happy where I am. Maybe I want to move on. Or I'm happy where I am. I'm afraid that I'm going to, that if the economy goes bad, I'm going to have a hard time getting hired. This is what this disinformation does. It creates a lot of anxiety about this. So you're seeing this. And so let's talk about it. All right. So the simple factor is you have less jobs being posted that we saw two years ago. Companies are pulling back. So then it feels like, oh, it's it's more competitive. Yes, it is. The second reason it's more competitive is the ghost jobs and things are like, oh, I'm going after this. I'm not getting any replies. And that leads to the number one reason why disinformation exists on social media. And then here's what happens. News outlets pick up on this stuff and they jump on it. There's an old phrase that has been attributed to the news media for a long time. And anybody who's in news media can finish my sentence here. If it bleeds, it leads. That's a long time. What does that mean? It means 
I need to put on my news feed um, and my news shows stories that are sensational. Stories that induce some fear and concern because here's what happens. The more I can put a story out that creates concern, we're calling this concern loosely, the more people pay attention. So, for those of you that are going, I don't know what I'm feeling, let me tell you something. Our job economy in the United States is as healthy as it has been in a very long time. And yet, inflation's high and you see all these headlines. So what do you do with it? Well, know that one of the reasons you see all this chatter on social media is because people aren't wanting to compete. And the way they're competing is they just submit a bunch of stuff online, sit back, and hope they make it through the artificial intelligence filters. They apply, apply, apply. That's not the best strategy. So what happens? They get a bunch of no's or even worse, no replies. So what do they do? They go on social media and they go, it sucks out here. This job market sucks. There just aren't any good jobs. No, there's lots and lots and lots of good jobs. You just haven't landed them yet. So the chicken little complaining and griping on social media is what creates the headlines that it's really hard to get a job. The fact of the matter is, ah, it may be hard, maybe competitive, but you can get it. They're there. This is the Ken Coleman Show. Hey, high school seniors and parents of high school seniors, it's almost graduation time. And if you're not sure about next steps, I want you to listen to this. Coding skills are essential in today's workforce. And my friends at Bethel Tech can help you start a new career really fast and do it cheap. It only takes nine months to complete a Bethel Tech course in UI, UX design, full stack development, data science, or cybersecurity. And your young person can get over a thousand hours of experience in a collaborative environment and then get placed. The average starting salary for a junior developer is $66,000. And the field is projected to grow by 22% over the next five years. Software development is a career with an enormously bright future. And right now, Bethel Tech is offering you 10% off if you watch or listen to the Ken Coleman Show and you pay cash. So go to BethelTech.net slash Ken Coleman. BethelTech.net slash Ken Coleman right now for details. Terms and conditions do apply. Welcome back to the Ken Coleman Show. Time to coach some people up. Thrilled that you're with us. If you want to get coached up, reminder, you can email the show, ask at kencoleman.com, ask at kencoleman.com. The team will get to you. Be patient, and we'll get you lined up for a coaching call. A quick reminder of those of you that are looking for some confidence to maybe overcome some imposter syndrome, the best way to overcome that is to get really clear so that you're confident you can get over that, and self-awareness is the superpower, and we've got a signature product for that. Hundreds of thousands of people have bought the Get Clear Assessment. It's going to measure what you do really well, measure what you enjoy doing, and measure the results that actually motivate you. So you go, oh, I see how I'm wired, and now I can go find the gig that allows me 
to plug in and truly operate in my wiring. This is where more money and more impact come along. It's the Get Clear Assessment. Get it at KenColeman.com in the store, KenColeman.com. Let's go to Candace now, who joins us in Syracuse, New York. Candace, you're on the Ken Coleman Show. Hi, Ken. Thank you so much for taking my call. You bet. What is up? Hi. So um, I'm trying to figure out my career path. Um, I'm not really sure where to go. Currently, I work in recruiting. I really enjoy it. It's just not my forever career you work, path. I'm sorry. You um, work where? I'm sorry. I'm I'm a recruiter. Oh, a recruiter. Okay. A, I got you. Um, okay. Yeah. Got you. Perfect. Um, so I I enjoy the company. Um, it's just not my my forever career path. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I do enjoy doing, though, working with my coworkers, um, encouraging them to address problems that they have at work. Um, sometimes that looks like helping them come to a solution, uh, coaching them on what to send to a coworker or a supervisor, how to kind of word so that their point is coming across, but they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being rude. Um, I also like standing up for my coworkers and employees by creating a better work environment, trying to put processes and procedures in order so that there's a better all over um, understanding of what the expectations are. Um, we're kind of a startup company, so that's still being laid out. Um, I've wrote codes of conduct, followed up with employees when there has been issues. I wrote employee handbooks, all things that I enjoy. I have my bachelor's in business admin. I have an MBA in data analytics. I had um, originally tried to or started to go with my MBA in HR, but because um, because of my current position in recruiting, but I really enjoy the analytics side. Um, I like looking at a puzzle, trying to figure out what the piece is that's missing, and then presenting that puzzle in an understandable way to um, colleagues and coworkers. So all of that to say, I'm not sure how to combine those things so that I can really uh, make a difference in a company, most likely not in my current one. Um, I have done the Get Clear assessment. I have read Paycheck to Purpose. I've taken the aptitude test, all the things that I'm supposed to do. I also struggle with imposter syndrome and just kind of feeling like I don't belong in these roles. All right. So you gave me a lot there. Let's pull this apart. Okay. (laughs) No, no, it's great. You did great. All right. By the way, great summary. Um, and I know I know exactly what's going on. Uh, let's take on what we know about you, and then we'll take on the imposter syndrome. How about that? Okay. All right. So I want to get your assessment results in just a second, but based on the analysis you gave me, um, I I I heard analyzing, advocating, and I'm going to call it affirming. I'm going to I'm going to give you three mm-hmm. A words that I heard in that summary. And I heard that you enjoy doing those things, and I'm betting that you're pretty good at all of those things, analyzing, advocating, and affirming. And and I heard the word coach. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm a big sports guy, and so if you would give me a little bit of latitude here to create a sports metaphor, a football coach, a, a basketball coach, uh, has to do all three of those things. They have to analyze their opponent. They have to analyze their own team in practice and during games, and then they analyze their opponents through film and observation. They analyze. Mm-hmm. Um, and they certainly uh, affirm, you know, that's what a coach does. And I think there are times that coaches advocate too, you know, even mm-hmm. if it's just advocating to the player. For them, say, hey, so I don't want to draw too much of a comparison there, but I think a coach does those things. So 
what I heard was people work is the work you enjoy most. Tell me if this is true. Yeah, I've been in customer service and restaurants since I was 15, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going on 20 years of that stuff, yeah. and I, I love it. So so my point is, is when I hear the word analyze, that you that you love analyzing, I, then I immediately go to, well, what do you most want to analyze? You want to analyze people, or do you want to analyze processes? And you're talking to a guy who loves to analyze people and analyze himself, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to my detriment, all right? Uh, but I think that that's a clear theme here. Am I right? You're not about analyzing yeah. processes unless it affects people. Yeah. Yep. All right. Now, so what were your assessment results? Would you would you read those to me slowly? Yeah. Uh, which um, which area? <laughs> your purpose statement. The, that we oh, summarize all of your results into one purpose statement. I'm just. I'd like to hear it briefly. I am trying to find that on my. Um... Well, that's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to put you under pressure, okay. but my guess is, is that we're going to see a very strong people theme in the talents, the things you do best in the work mm-hmm. you love to do. And so we've confirmed that. So I I think you are a, I'm going to, I don't want to hang this on you as a career title. I'm putting this to you to consider as a role. And I think coaching is in fact what you are supposed to be doing. That does not mean that you have to be a full-time uh, work-for-yourself financial coach, physical you know, nutrition. You pick out all the different coaches. I'm not saying that. That very may well be an option. But I think leadership is coaching. And okay. I think you love that. Yes. And so I think you being in a, me- a management role, a leadership role, and you're spending the majority of your day analyzing what's going on with the team, are you know, kind of like a coach would. I got this kid playing outside linebacker. Is he our best outside linebacker? At the end of the day, a coach is analyzing his team um, every day and deciding, okay, do I have my best 11 players on the field in football? Do I have my five best players on the court in basketball? You understand that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what's interesting to me. It's what I hear from you. Yeah, and I, I did find my purpose statement. That's exactly um, oh, that's good. really what it Read is. Read it to me slowly, the purpose um, statement. Okay. I, I was created to use my talents of logic, inspection, and organization mm-hmm. to perform my passions of creating, teaching, and advocating yep. to accomplish my missions my mission of influence. Okay. So go back change. go back to the the three passions, the work you love to do. It was creating. Mm-hmm. What was next? Uh teaching. Teaching and advocating. Advocating. I'm going to tell you something. That's a really interesting mix of of work you love to do. And I hear in that creating resources, creating growth plans, creating mm-hmm positions for people that's what i hear with creating absolutely i think it's fascinating i think the advocating (laughs) is i think the advocating is another thing that's really fascinating i think i think you being like that that positive cheerleader type coach that's (laughs) almost advocating for people to themselves yeah, and that's what I enjoy doing. One thing that I have considered is starting a um, 
I don't know if it would be like a coaching firm or uh, like an HR consulting type thing where I could work with companies on. Yeah, I think so. I think that's a p- their all right. Better. I love that idea. Let's put that out there in the future, and let's not get intimidated by it. Let's put that out there and go. All right, what would be the best way to get paid along the way to where I develop a reputation to where I can start that, as opposed to going, I got to start that now. And here's mm-hmm. where I'm going with that. I'd like to see you move into. HR training or management or find a company that believes in you as a manager and you get yourself a team and you learn how to lead them and love on them the way that you're wired. And I think it's going to be great. Now I want to address really quickly before I let you go, the imposter syndrome. Okay. Mm -hmm. Imposter syndrome is nothing more than good old fashioned doubt. Mm -hmm. And, And doubt is this doubt is a belief that the good that I want is not possible. I can't, I don't think this desired outcome is possible. That's what doubt is. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. And when you begin to go, what's at the root of that, then you can begin to get, get that focus on that weed and pull that weed out. And somewhere along the way, it could be just good old fashioned doubt. doesn't mean that something bad happened to you or somebody said something to you. It doesn't have to be that. It could be just simple that people who long for a desired future are going to face doubt because it's out there. And so I want you to know if you're wired for it, that you can overcome doubt. You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. And you're wired for it, aren't you? Yes. Candace, you're a freaking rock star is what you are. Thank you so much for the call. Listen, I, I, I think it's let me get paid to lead and coach people the way that my purpose statement says I need to do it, and you're going to win big. Thanks for listening to The Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.